Good morning, Veritas Church. Good morning. Um, man, thanks, you guys. So need that. that. I loved even hearing you guys sing in Christ alone. You know what I mean? Every now and then, I don't know if you do this, but every now and then I'll just like not sing for a moment just to be caught up in hearing, like being swept along by everybody else confessing those beautiful truths, and you guys did that, and I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, man, this, this text, we're going to be in Titus chapter 3, finishing off our, our run through the book of Titus in the New Testament. Um, this text uh, has just landed on my soul in just a pronounced way. Here, here's what goes on in my week, and, and maybe it's a week like yours. So I had a dilemma this past week. Um, somebody around me, uh, I, I thought, did something wrong. In my, in my opinion, did, did something wrong, okay? So I'm in this dilemma. Do I either just let it go, right? Just let it go. Just keep the peace. It, it's not that big of a deal. Just decide, you know, you're going to walk away. Be a peacemaker right now. Or conversely, it's like you've got these, not a devil and an angel, maybe two angels or something on each shoulder because the other one is equally saying, no, dude, draw a line in the sand. Now is the time. You're right. There's truth on the line. So just jump in. It's worth the fight. It's, it's worth stirring up the dust a little bit. Have you ever been in that dilemma where you're like, ah, do I, which one? Well, here's, here, as I thought that through, and likely, this is just God's way, um, likely he was setting me up to have to work through this text, right? Um, and as I thought about that, it's not just a problem that I have, it's a problem I think that all of you face to some degree. So I put this spectrum, really simple spectrum uh, together for us, because usually we land on somewhere on this spectrum, Okay. Some of you get to those dilemmas, and you're a fighter, right? You're just eager, like, oh, bring it on. I love this stuff, right? I love a good fight. That's your, that's your default, okay? Others are the peace-at-all-costers. <laughs> you're the, no, 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 no. We just, we, we never fight. We never, it's peace, peace, peace. And here's the problem. And again, likely I've got it on a spectrum because Rarely is somebody on the furthest extreme. But you're somewhere on there, right? You lean probably one way or another. Actually, do it, do it in your own mind and heart. Put yourself on that scale somewhere. Where would you land? Okay, this will be good even for a connection group. Put, put an imaginary line on that scale where, where you land. Um, having done that, here's, here's what you have to face. Both of the extremes think that they are absolutely right and that they actually hold the moral high ground when it comes to this stuff, okay? They really believe that they're right, and, and they have the moral high ground, and more than that, they both claim Jesus on their team, okay? Here's what I mean. Fighters. Fighters would say, man, we're the truth speakers. Truth matters, right? We believe in truth, and so we speak truth, and actually those peaceniks on the other side, they're just compromisers, right? They just, truth doesn't mean anything to them. They're willing just to compromise truth just to keep the peace. Fighters, no, we've got convictions. Not only do we believe truth and speak truth, we're going to believe the same thing today, tomorrow, the next day, because we have convictions. Those peace dudes on the other side, they slide all over the place. 
They might believe one thing one day and they'll change it the next. Why? Because they're just trying to keep the peace, right? Jesus, of course he's on our team, say the fighters, right? Have you read this book, right? Have you read how he went up against the Pharisees? He was never afraid to back down. Not just the enemies, his best friends. When Peter was out of line, boom, get behind me, Satan. Did you hear that? Fighting words right there, right? Jesus is on our team. Remember the temple? What did he do to those tables? He's my man. I've got Jesus on my team, right? The peace lovers are like, oh, I've read this book. I've read it a lot. Have you ever read this book? In fact, the first message Jesus ever gave, he said, blessed are the peacemakers. They're going to be called sons and daughters of God. You dudes, you're unspiritual. You don't love Jesus. You're unspiritual. You're not even listening to him, right? Have you read this book? Love covers a multitude of sins. That's what this book says. You, you're unforgiving. All you want to do is blast people all the time. You're just judgmental all the time. I've got Jesus on my side. Peacemakers say, have you read his titles? He is the prince of peace. When he was born, the angel said, oh, he comes to bring peace on earth, right? Not fights on this earth. I've got Jesus on my side. All right. <laughs> Here's the dilemma. Both are right, both are wrong, and all of us are imbalanced, <laughs> all right? That's the truth. That's the tension you have to face right now. It's easy just to throw stones at the guy on the other side of that spectrum. The reality is all of us are imbalanced. All of us need correction. All of us need to be set right. You remember in Titus 1, that's what he said right off. Hey, Titus, I'm leaving you on the island of Crete to set things right. Things are unsettled. Things are listing. The boat's listing in one way. You got to bring it back to balance. All of us need to be brought to balance. And so that's why we're going to read together uh, Titus 3. And man, I hope that you have ears to hear because I think there's actually something in here for all of us today, okay? So you want to stand with me? Let's do that. Why don't you guys stand up with me? I want to read this and if you don't hear another word that I say, I want you to hear strongly the words from our Lord. They're able to change us. Titus 3.1, remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting, and to be kind always showing gentleness to all people. For we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration, renewal by the Holy Spirit, he poured out his Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things. 
so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone, but avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, disputes about the law, because they are unprofitable, they're worthless. Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning, for you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning. He is self-condemned. Lord, these words um, are eternal. You mean for them to go way past the island of Crete, and way beyond the first century, to land squarely in our souls, standing in this place, in this time, to encounter us. And so, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would give us ears to really hear what you're saying to us eyes to really see what you're trying to say to us by your spirit so that we wouldn't just be coming in and dutifully having these words kind of come to us and just glance off, but that they would be absorbed into our life, into our souls by your spirit, and that we would be changed. That's what we long for, Lord, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to see how this passage can set right our imbalances. We're all listing kind of imbalanced one way or another, and we're going to see if this passage can help set us right. Okay, so I'm going to start by talking to the fighters. If you were on, your, on that side of the spectrum with the boxing gloves, right, the fighter side, I want you to take a specially strong look at those first couple verses, okay? Remind them to submit. I want to stop real quick because remind them. Here's what he's saying. This is not new information, guys. <laughs> this is not brand new. In fact, you've probably heard me say this, Paul, and then Titus might be saying, you might have remembered me saying this kind of thing before, or it's just so self-evident from the gospel itself. But I'm going to restate it again because you seem to have kind of selective memory, right? You seem to be able to handily forget some things that you need to be reminded of. So it's pretty self-evident, not very, you know, top shelf kind of, you know, difficult to understand stuff. No, no, no. Just to remind them of some of these first truths. And then he throws down the S word, submit, right? If you're a fighter, that word has to just be like, oh, whoa, 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 submit. And then it's followed by that next one, obey, <laughs> Okay, if you're a fighter right now, you're saying, uh, no, 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 those are fighting, oh, shoot, you know, like, those are fighting words, yes, those are fighting words. The fighters are already resisting this idea that he's saying, you got to submit. And here's what he's saying, guys, the posture of the Christian, remind yourself of this, the posture of the Christian, when faced with authority, is to submit yourself, not finally after fighting and fighting and fighting, be left to, you know, okay, uncle, uncle, I'll submit. No, no, no. When before authority, your posture is to submit yourself. Voluntarily present yourself in a posture of submission. Present yourself in a posture to obey, to be ready for every good work. Whatever you call on me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Here's what fighters want to say. Wait a minute. Aren't there exceptions to that? What if that authority asked me to do something against God, against God's word? 
Well, of course, there are exceptions, right? Here's the problem. Those 1% exceptions tend to become the rule in your life if you're a fighter. You don't throw out the rule because there happen to be some exceptions along the way. Rarely does an authority in your life ask you to directly contradict the Bible. When that happens, God's authority obviously trumps. But for the 99% of the time you spend walking on this earth, you're just under authority, and they're not asking you to reject God's truth. You obey. You submit. That means, friends, the President of the United States. But let's get closer. That means the city and the city council and those rules and ordinances that govern your neighborhood. That means your professor That means your boss. That means your parents. That means anybody that is in authority over you, your posture is to submit. And then he goes and starts meddling a little bit because he goes deeper, gets more to the heart. He says, don't slander anyone. Slander no one. Because here's what fighters do, okay? What fighters want to do is constantly criticized. If you're a fighter, you get this, right? You're constantly looking for something to tear down. And so you're constantly critical, constantly looking for the negative, constantly cutting down, constantly ridiculing, but not to their face, behind their back. This is what happens. Fighters get in this habit of ridiculing and and behind the back because you want to build a case. You kind of want to build an insurrection against somebody And so you do this kind of in a way that's meddling. You build this case. You create a caricature like this, this exaggerated profile of somebody, and you're feeding that. That's what slander is. He's like, you know what? Back up the train. If you're a fighter, don't be slanderous. Don't be building a case against somebody, creating a caricature about someone behind their back. Don't do it. Stop. He says, avoid that stuff. Avoid fighting. And be kind. Be kind. Reasonable. The idea of being kind is like take a deep breath. When you find yourself wanting to impulsively like fight, throw on the gloves, I want to fight. Be reasonable. Be kind. Say, wait, I want to take a breath and think through what's going on here. Am I just reacting? Am I just being a fighter right now? Or is there actually something here that requires my action? Always be gentle to everyone. Look at that. Always showing gentleness to all people. If people profiled you, would they say, man, she's a fighter. He's a fighter. Or would they say, wow, pretty gentle person, pretty reasonable person. Never hear them slander. They're just in a posture of being ready to do whatever they're called upon to do. So here's what I want to say, fighters. Um, Don't just nod along at this. Or maybe even kind of giggle like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm the fighter. Ha! You know, and then not, here's what I'm saying. You need to let these words actually weigh heavily on you. If, if I could be so bold, I think what you need to do is memorize the first couple verses of Titus 3, internalize them, and over the next days, make it a practice of picking just one or two of those things out and asking God to give you opportunity to practice this stuff, be transformed by these truths, because you will never, ever change if all you do is recognize it, see it. And here's what the book of James says. It's like the person that goes, looks at the mirror and says, oh yeah, I see that, and then walks away without actually doing anything about it. 
There's no value in that. In fact, it creates hypocrisy in your soul if you keep that up for too long. So here's, here's my appeal to you. If you're a fighter, if that's where you find yourself on that end of the spectrum, memorize this stuff. Ask God to give you opportunity to be transformed in some very specific ways when it comes to that, okay? Now, I want to go to the other end of the spectrum, to the peace at all costers. I couldn't think of a one-word thing, you know, uh, peace at all costers. So what we're going to do is swing to the other bookend of the passage we just read. I want you to start in verse 8 with me. If you're the more peacemaker person, this saying in verse 8, this saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good. These are profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, disputes about the law. They're unprofitable. They're worthless. Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning. You know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning. He is self-condemned. Okay. What is implied through verses 8 through 10? Confrontation is implied through all those verses. Confrontation. Okay. So if the fighters recoil at the word submission... Peacemakers recoil at the word confrontation, right? If, if there's something that's like, oh, I'm not a confronter, if that's your immediate impulse, right, then I need you to lean in to these verses because implied throughout these verses is that you are in a posture of confrontation. He says, this stuff is good. It is trustworthy, what I'm bringing to you. You can count on it. You can trust in it. Therefore, insist on these things as you go out and encounter other people. If there are people in your life who are not, they say they believe God, but they are not being careful about how they live, how they conduct themselves, then you have to insist on the fact that they realign their lives according to the scriptures, right? Even when it comes to the divisive person. When do you reject a divisive person? I don't like that guy. I don't like that. They're always divisive. Therefore, I'm just going to run. Do you, is that what it says? No. You go after them. You warn them again and again. There's a multiple confrontations implied in that text. And if they're resistant to that, then you can walk away. But not until you've actually gotten in the ring and confronted them. That's what it requires. So peacemakers, I know you might think you've got the higher moral ground by just avoiding it. No, I'm just a peace lover. That's not loving peace. That's weakness. That's cowardice. When you know of someone who believes God, that's what he says, they have believed God, but they are not carefully devoting themselves to what is good and right. The Titus 1.1, truth leads to godliness. If you've got somebody that says, I believe the truth, but it's not leading to godliness, you have to go to them. You have to seek peace by confronting them. And peacemakers, can I just say to you, some of you who love peace are way on that end of the spectrum. You can often have the most impact in confrontation because the people you're going to know how tough it is for you to do it, right? They know that you're really like challenged by the word, that you're doing something out of your comfort zone by coming to them. And so sometimes, peace lovers, you can have the most impact by going into confrontation, 
And, and I want to help you out. I want you to look again more strongly at verse 11. You know something. When you finally get to the point where you have to give these warnings, you have to go after people, even going after maybe the fighters, you know that they have gone astray. You're seeing that there's the, the narrow path and they're off it. They've made that decision. Not you. You're just pointing it out. You're just the messenger. They have gone astray. They are sinning. They are, what's the last hyphenated word there? Self-condemned. Peacemakers. You've got to be strengthened in this. You're not just being judgmental. You're not the one that's writing the laws. You're the messenger. They are self-condemned, and they require you to just give voice to apparently something that they're shutting their ears to. They're not hearing the Spirit through the Word correct them. They need your voice. You've got to use words to go and say, nope, you've got to come back. If they don't come back, that's on them, right? Then you can have nothing to do with them. But you can't just relegate them and let them go astray unless you stand in the fork of the road and say, and challenge them and pull them back toward truth. Insist on these things. Peacemakers, don't use peace as a disguise for cowardice. Don't do that. Seek peace by helping your friends walk in the truth. That's what we're called to do. That's why we need each other. And ultimately, guys, all this corrective for fighters, for peacemakers, for all of us comes in the heart of the passage. Okay, so that's, this is ultimately the corrective that's going to bring us all to that beautiful, hopefully closer to center place where we're going to meet Jesus. Because look at verse 3 again. Look, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, detesting one another. Just, just let those words soak in because here's the big corrective that's going to happen to us is a posture of humility. 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 Guys, that describes me. Those, those words right there, that describes me. And not only did I have a problem and a lot of brokenness between me and God, being foolish and disobedient and deceived, I had a lot of problems this way, but it spilled over into all of my horizontal relationships this way as well, all the hatefulness, the malice, the, the detesting one another, that, right? Because when you're not right this way, it always comes out in brokenness this way too. And so the reality is I, I got to look in the mirror and read this stuff and, and understand and embrace the fact that most of even the broken relationships that I have in my life are in some way anchored back in me, <laughs> right? So let's just admit that. Let's just let the word remind us that we're a broken group of people. And here's what I love. But God steps in, okay? Look at at the moment that he's pronouncing on us how broken we are, verse 4, but when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. Not after we got everything cleaned up, not after we got rid of that malice and detesting. No, no, no. In the moment that we were living that way, his kindness and his love appeared and he saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we had done. Not waiting for us to do that, but according to his 
mercy, through the washing of regeneration, the renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out His Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Guys, God stepped into your life and my life, and He continues to step into your life and my life. He continues to chase us down with this gospel truth. So here's remembering, right? Remind them, remind them, remind them. Here's what we need to be reminded of. If you're on the fighting side of the equation, okay, fighting side of that spectrum, you got to read those verses and remind yourself of this. Man, I have experienced ultimate kindness from God. Man, I didn't deserve kindness. I was such a punk. I can still be such a punk. And even then, did somebody just amen that? <laughs> okay, I admit it, I'm a punk. <laughs> it's true. And God, in his kindness, loved me still. Loved me in spite of my description right there, my passions and pleasures and malice and envy. Of course I can be kind to other people. If you're a fighter, of course I can extend kindness to other people. I have been the recipient of more kindness than any human deserves. Of course I can show kindness. I've been washed. I've been renewed. I've been regenerated. It's like I've got a whole new life. Of course I should want that for other people. I don't want to lock them up. I don't want them to be sentenced. I want them to be set free. I want them to have a new life. I want them to breathe the fresh air of renewal by the Holy Spirit. That's what should drive me, not because I want to fight them, but because I want so desperately for them to be renewed. I want so desperately for them to understand kindness and grace and transformation and all that I have received from God. So fighters, have that in your mind. Remind yourself of those gospel truths, and that's going to affect how you go after people. For those who are at the peace-at-all-cost-er side of the spectrum, you got to remind yourself of this, Okay? I want you to listen into this. You have only experienced forgiveness and a restart because you were first confronted with how wrong you were. Right? The kindness came after the mirror being held up to show you how much in need you were of kindness. Of course you have to extend that to others then as well. They will only be able to receive grace and kindness if they first understand and, be, and are confronted with the bad place that they're at right now, right? So it is the greatest act of peace that you can bring to them to help open their eyes and confront them with truth. Even that idea where he says being justified through Jesus Christ. So the only way, okay, peace lovers, think this through. The only way that you have experienced justification, that's a very legal word, right? Justified. The only way that you've been able to experience justification is because you've imagined yourself standing before the judge. He dropped his gavel on you and you know what he said? Guilty. (laughs) You are guilty. You have sinned. You are wrong. And then what did you do? You cried out for mercy. You cried out for grace. You cried out for kindness. And he said, okay, 
I'll grant you that through Jesus Christ. But your only way that you could appeal for that and receive justification is by first having been confronted with the guilty verdict that should rightly loom over us. And then we realize, oh, and he's willing to remove that in Christ. Peacemakers, help your brother and sister receive grace and mercy and kindness by showing them, confronting them with how wrong they are and how much they need his grace and kindness. And so for all of us, I love those verses, guys. He poured out his spirit on us abundantly. Look at that in verse six. He poured out. The, the idea is we are just under this waterfall of the Holy Spirit. Where sin did abound, grace has much more abounded. We are just being lavished with the Holy Spirit. It, we are just dripping with mercy, dripping with truth, dripping with forgiveness, and dripping with transformation. We are being overwhelmed and flooded with spiritual renewal. Thus, we can drip with hope. See that? We become heirs with the hope of eternal life because we are just, just absolutely saturated in kindness and mercy through Christ we can turn around and offer hope to a messed up world. Because we can say, man, Jesus Christ loved me so much, he didn't want me to stay as I was, confronted me with who I was, and then lavished me with forgiveness and hope and grace. In fact, he took my place. He took the sting of death away from me. He, he took my sin upon himself. Oh, the lavishness of the love of Christ poured out on me. Man, I want to bring hope to this world. If I can be changed, if he can take this mess and change it, he offers hope through me to so many others. So church, this is why we're actually going to... Um, end Titus by taking communion together today because we're going to remind ourselves, what it says there, remind ourselves of these beautiful truths in the gospel. And, and here's why communion, like almost no other thing, does that for us. Because when we go to reach out and take that bread, we're reminding ourselves, you know, there was a real body that had to be broken so that I could stand here renewed, regenerated, full of life and hope. There was, when I take that cup, there was real blood that was poured out because I deserved to remain guilty. I deserved the full penalty but actually, because of God's love and kindness, unbelievable mercy toward me, he took that for me. And what happens is after we take the bread and then take the cup, it is so transforming to us that we walk through those doors and we just think, look, other people need this hope. There's people that are broken. And the reason I can see it, I, it's like looking in a mirror when I look at those people. I get it. And they need hope, just like I needed hope. They need hope. And so not only does it recalibrate us toward God in Christ, it restokes our desire to both seek peace 
and sometimes confrontation because in that together is this beautiful picture of Jesus Christ and the gospel, and we are equipped to walk through those doors as messengers of hope to a world that really, really needs hope right now, you guys. So I want to pray for us, and uh, we're going to be led in worship as we do that together. Um, Maybe you could stand with me. Will you stand? So Jesus, um, we just want to stand in these truths and let them soak in for a moment. You, you know, Lord, that I, there's no way I could look out and, and know who to look at when I'm talking to the fighters and who to look at when I'm talking to the peace at all costs. But you, actually, Lord, you, you know and all of us sense your gaze. And what I love is that you're going to meet us right here. You're not going to wait for us to get our act together. You're going to meet us with kindness and transform us from that point. You're going to meet us with grace and love and then pour your spirit on us to transform us. That's, it's incredible how you do that in the gospel. And we celebrate that again right now. We celebrate it. There's a world, Lord, I know. You, you've dropped us into a world. They need hope, and they're a mess. They need peace. They need peace through reconciliation. And now you're equipping us to offer that. So change us. It's got to start here. Change us, Lord. But already we're asking through us, would you do a miraculous work and allow us to change somebody else because of your power working through us? Because we believe this so much, it's spilled over and others will believe as well. That's what we want, Lord. That's what we long for. So receive our worship in Christ's name.